Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Hey, guys. It is late at night. Uh, You can't see us unless you're on Rumble. That's where we are now on the video version. But uh, it is late at night. Um, Almost 11. There's a lot going on in our lives. (laughs) You know, the remodel, the move, the ministry, the the parenting, the, the... All the things. Looking for churches... Uh, also, um, I, you know, have been doing some business consulting lately, so I'm uh, mm-hmm. flying here and there around the country and that's been, uh, great in a lot of respects, but it's to, you know, help pay for the ministry and protecting the ministry and different things. So, and, and part of the remodel and part know? of the remodel for it. So yeah. we have it, so we have a podcast studio. So we're so excited. Yeah. If you've seen some of the Insta stories and so forth, uh, it's coming along really well. We're doing the labor ourselves. Some friends have helped us and um, it's coming along. So mm-hmm. we're excited to have a place for a podcast outside of our bedroom. It'll be exciting. It'll also be a place where, I mean, you guys know that Austin, our son, does our podcast editing. So he's excited to have a little workspace out there where he can focus outside of the home and get things done too. So um, that's going to be a huge blessing to the ministry yeah. in a lot of regards. Um, but we just thought we don't always do a personal update. And I and we were sitting here late at night shooting a second podcast. The and you're two. super pregnant, aren't you? Yes, and I'm, I am tired. And I think a lot of times, the reason why we wanted to share this, I think a lot of times people can see things on Instagram or on social media or they think they know, but they really, you know, we want to be really transparent that we basically wake up. When do we wake up first? It, it varies. Sometime between five and six in the morning, yeah. usually. And then between doing ministry stuff and working hard all day long and I'm homeschooling, you're working on ministry stuff or taxes or whatever right now. Yeah. Um, and then we get to bed late. Mm-hmm. And so um, you guys could be praying for us, but this has actually been like how we do life. It's actually. an adventure. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely an adventure. We're, this is part two, by the way, of yeah. is your parenting relationship uh, or control driven? And um, if you haven't listened to part one, definitely do that. But this, you know, you'll get a lot out of this, even if you haven't listened to part one. You can do it in opposite order if you'd like, no problem. But um, also, all show notes are at courageousparenting.com and a video of this episode too, and any resources we mention. Also, Courageous Mom is a great site for information. And you guys know we have all kinds of different products to help support our family and the ministry, uh, which is a homeschooling blueprint. It's incredible. Tons of people have gotten a lot out of that. The Parenting Mentor Program, lots of free resources like a Healthy Home Mom Hacks Workshop you can sign up for with Angie. That one's uh, free. Or yeah. the Courageous Parenting Workshop, free workshops, about 35 minutes or 
or so. Uh, people are raving about it. Thousands of people have gone through that. That's free, completely free. Of course, it you know gives you an insight into the parenting mentor program at the end, uh, but it, the, it stands alone as a great resource. We also have the Christian postpartum course and pregnancy and postpartum bundle that comes with a book, a workbook, a bunch of scripture cards. And then um, Redeeming Childbirth, which yeah. has been a longstanding bestselling book and mm-hmm. uh, changed so many people's lives and uh, mm-hmm. frankly has influenced a lot more people that kids too i would say so it's uh it's interesting although that's not actually <laughs> that's what the book's about purpose. that's not what the book's I about i think that when people feel empowered and they um deal with all of the heart issues that hold them back in just life and in motherhood in general they grow to a place where they um they are more welcoming more. So, hey, we're dedicated, committed to full-time ministry. We have been for two years now um, together. Mm-hmm. And uh, just because I'm doing some consulting work doesn't mean uh, we're not completely focused. In fact, it was just needed, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes when you're praying for God to provide provision, he will gift you with blessings, which we have been gifted yeah. this house with. I mean, it was a huge blessing yeah. at a time in need. And we were praying for that specifically for a year and a half. That's a fun story we'll share with some day. Um, but then sometimes he provides opportunities where you still have to put in the effort and the work. He provides the work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so that's kind of what Isaac's been doing, business consulting. Super fun. I'm having fun with it, by the way. It's super, super interesting and mm-hmm. working with leaders. It's great. Okay, let's dive in. So right. uh, the first thing yeah, by the way, you definitely want to listen to this because you don't want your kids to end up living double lives. We'll talk more about that in a yeah. second. You know, you guys, the first episode, we covered some really important things. So in if part you're one. just, yeah, in part one, if you're just now getting on, I really want to encourage you to go listen to part one first. This is part two of this series. Um, and I'm going to. I'm going to open with a scripture in John chapter 17, 17, because it is about the truth, which is an important aspect to um, what we ended on in the first podcast, which was making sure that you have your worldview soaked in the truth, but also that you are soaking your children in the truth so that their worldview is a biblical worldview, not a worldly secularized worldview. It says in Chapter 17, verse 17 of John, sanctify them by your truth, capital Y for your meaning Jesus, your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. That is what God wants for all of us Mm -hmm. as believers. That's what he wants for our kids. He wants them to be sanctified by the truth. And he sent us out just like he sent out his disciples to make disciples. That's what parenting is. You are disciple making. And part of that is that you would sanctify them by God's truth. So we, we just wanted to reiterate that last point from the previous podcast before we dive in to the first point, which is... Sowing and reaping. So important uh, that we understand uh, the power of sowing and reaping in your kids' lives, mm-hmm. meaning that when you're a control-driven parent, you may be preventing the learning experiences of what you sow, you reap mm-hmm. happening in your kids. Mm-hmm. And while we don't want to just let our kids make all mistakes, mm-hmm. we do want to give them enough freedom 
to make some mistakes mm -hmm. that uh, aren't life altering, of course, and and to learn from them. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want to be those helicopter parents um, that are controlling every aspect of our lives. We Directing say, our kids we say, so much that they don't actually yeah. ever get into a position where you have to talk to them about their sin. Yeah, we right? absolutely believe yeah. that while they're in our homes, they should be given freedom. And when they make the mistakes that uh, you build the kind of relationship mm -hmm. with them where they want to come with you, there's the relation driven parenting, um, and talk to you openly about it and get your advice and so forth. That's mm -hmm. part of the reason why, uh, we allow our teenagers, uh, to be on social media, uh, with parameters and so forth. And mm -hmm. we allow them to have uh, smartphones at a certain point, uh, and different things like that, because we would rather them experience those things while they're in our homes versus for the first time well, mm -hmm. you know, we're right not not right next to them. Maybe they moved out or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talk more about that in depth. Um, actually, isn't that the last video in the parenting mentor program where the we talk session, about courage yeah. and we we talk about all these hard issues, topics that you need to discuss with your kids as well. Um, but I think that there's another element to this too about making good choices. Where I was just thinking about this. We've talked to, to parents about this many times. When your kids are younger, when you spend more time when they're really little, helping them to memorize the word of God so that it's written on their heart, right? Because mm -hmm. this is where the commandments of God are in this word. Um, and then you're holding them accountable and you're spending a lot of time teaching, mm -hmm. teaching, teaching. It's kind of like when you're teaching someone how to bake biscuits <laughs> or you're teaching them how to um, make Christmas cookies. You're teaching. You don't just give your kids the, the freedom to do it all. You don't just give them paint and a paintbrush and paper and hope that your kid knows what to do with it, you teach them mm -hmm. when they're little, right? Because they don't know what they're doing. It's just like playing Play-Doh. All the things that we do with our kids, we actually sit down and we go, this is how you make a ball. This is how you make a little snake. Yeah. This is how you, right? So we're teaching, teaching, teaching. If you do more teaching, teaching, teaching and training and you are soaking them in the word of God so that they know the difference between the truth and God's morality, God's mm -hmm. right and wrong, mm -hmm. then as they get older, you can go like this. You don't mm -hmm. have to be so hands-on with all the teaching, 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 teaching. You can be more hands-off as they get older because you did the hard work when yeah. they were younger. Yeah. And a lot of times parents don't want to do that because it can take, I mean, it, let's just give you an example. Teaching your kids how to read. I love being the person that gets to celebrate and rejoice when my kids learn how to read, right? If I yeah. got to be a part oh, yeah, of that. Totally. And I think a lot of parents miss out on how exciting the, those first milestones, it's like losing your first tooth, all these like fun first milestones. When you're a parent and you get to do that with them, it's a big, big deal. But teaching a kid how to read can be hard. Mm-hmm. Especially certain personalities, and if your personality is different than theirs, their learning style is different. It can be difficult, stretching, patience. It stretches your patience. It sanctifies you as a parent, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of parents choose not to do that because it's just too hard for them, actually. And I'm bringing this up because sometimes when it comes to actually training your kids up, a lot of parents don't do the hard work in teaching them and in training them when they're younger because it's sanctifying as a parent. But we have to realize that that's part of the beautiful aspect of the dynamics of families, that God wants us to be sanctified in the truth as we're also helping our kids understand the truth. Yeah. And it can be a beautiful process where you're actually growing up in the Lord together if you have a humble heart. And they're, they're, that's the relationship part, yeah. understanding that you're a child of God 
and then this is your child, which is also a child of God. Yeah. And being open to still having a teachable heart and not knowing it all, right? And so um, making good choices starts with you, actually. Starts with you being willing to make the, the hard choice to do the hard work when they're little. And maybe you have some teenagers and you're like, oh, I missed it. Well, let me just tell you, it's never too late to chase after your kid's heart. It's never too late to have a good cup of coffee with your kid and Mm -hmm. apologize across the table and say, I didn't know what I was doing and I did the best I could, but I just need to say I'm sorry because I was not involved as much as I feel like God was, God's word tells us to. And I hope you do things differently. Like that's what God wants of us. Yeah. But that's a hard thing. So if you make good choices, they'll start making good choices. And sometimes we can be too quick to answer their questions too. I've talked about this before, but it's a good reminder if you already heard it, which is, you know, if they come and ask you a question, sometimes you're just going to answer it for sure. But discern when those opportunities are to challenge them a little bit to give you an answer first. And the reason that is, is because people who come up with their own solution are more likely to implement it. People are smart. Your kids are smart. Mm-hmm. And um, taking the coach approach sometimes is really powerful, which is they come and ask you a question, and then maybe you ask another follow-up question before you say something else. And then and then you ask them, well, what have you thought about so far in regards to the mm-hmm. solution? And then they go, well, I haven't really. Well, what would you do? What comes to your mind? Mm-hmm. And now you're teaching them how to be strong thinkers mm-hmm. and then you can work on their solution. Maybe you should add something to it. Maybe they are wrong. And you go, you know what? Mm-hmm. That is a good thought. But have you thought about this? And they go, oh, I haven't thought about that. I go, well, that, you know, might be a good way to think about that mm-hmm. and so forth. But you want to create strong, independent thinkers. In fact, we did a whole podcast on that. So you can go look for it. But mm-hmm. super important, control-driven parenting is more quick to answer, um, give them all the answers, create the least resistance for your kids, obliv- uh, get rid of any obstacles in their path, no matter what they are. And that's not mm-hmm. really the case. When have you learned the most? Mm-hmm. When have you gained the most wisdom? When have you relied on God the most? Mm-hmm. It is when things are challenging sometimes. And we don't want to be so control-driven that we eliminate challenges from our kids' lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most Let loving the it. most loving thing to do sometimes is to allow them to experience the repercussions of what they sow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's interesting, too, because there's this fine, it's a very fine balance. Um, because there is a jurisdiction and a responsibility for parents at the same time while letting your kids experience the consequences. So for example, um, there are parents who they think that the most loving thing that they can do for their kids is bail them out of every potential disaster that they get into versus letting them actually experience the consequences. I would say that that's actually the most hurtful Mm -hmm. because then that kid doesn't learn the lesson actually. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, they don't, they don't reap what they sow, which is a spiritual law that none of us are, are able to hide from. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but there is also this element of some people would call it controlling, but it's actually most loving is to have vision and leadership. Mm -hmm. So one example that I think of is parents who want to say, well, I want my kids to choose. So I'm not going to like 
I'm not going to read the Bible too much, or I'm not. I, I want them to be exposed. I've heard this from even yeah, Christians. surprisingly, we've heard Surprising. it a lot. And and where they're like, I, I want it to be. Their heart is, I want it to be genuine. I want them to choose Jesus, not because of me. And I I just think to myself, where does it say that in the Bible? Like in Deuteronomy, we read in Deuteronomy Teach six, in Deuteronomy eleven, in every room in your house, in your doorposts. When you stand, when and, you walk, yeah. when you lie down, you're going to teach your children God's commandments. You're going to teach them the 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 historical recalling of the testimonies that are in this word of what God has yeah. done over and over again. And then you read verses in Joshua, like Joshua 24 that says, but as for me and my house, we will serve, serve the, the Lord. Lord, which I mean, how many of us have sang that song as for yeah. me and my house, we will serve. The Lord. We all have the plaques in our home, but are we serving the Lord? Are we teaching our kids to serve the Lord? This is a leadership role where a leader in a family is saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know what else could cause someone to let up is uh, if they have the doctrine where they believe um, that only so only so many are called, and you know if my, mm-hmm. if my kids are chosen, then there's going to be, be chosen anyway. They'll be so. chosen anyways. There's nothing that can intercede on that. And you know we have to let go of some serious scripture. Andrew's just talking about we are actually to equip our kids, we're to teach our kids now the beginning thing you said is we all want our kids to have a genuine relationship with God, but that is not, that doesn't happen because of a lacking of you pouring into them. Oftentimes it's you pouring into them that has a major influence, (laughs) but it's your, we can never save our kids. So let me just, let's go there for a second. Only God can save the act of someone being saved from being a sinful person is the, only through the Jesus. The act of their heart and it's a miraculous and thing. becoming soft enough to confess their sins and repent to Jesus Christ is a work that's happening in them because of the Holy Spirit moving upon them. That's not something any parent can do. And so the genuineness of that, no parent can take credit or boast in that because no. God gets all the glory. Amen. And so regardless of what you're doing over here or not, when that happens, that's God's work anyway. But you are responsible for obeying what God has told you to do as a parent, which is not being reckless and... And not being involved. I think I think sometimes some of the doctrinal stances we people take uh, are a tyranny of the or versus the genius of the and, as I read in a business book. And <laughs> I think that you know we just said many things that sometimes you think aren't together, but they actually are all together. They they might sound contradictory to one another, but, but actually they actually are not. all together. No, pour into your kids. You yes. make a huge difference. No, you're not the one that saves your kids. Jesus does that. But hey, but you make a big contribution towards mm-hmm. them getting to that point. But hey, you know, you can't save your kids. Yeah. So this is the thing. The Christian walk, isn't this what's beautiful? Our our finite minds cannot think <laughs> and comprehend what the infinite God can, right? Yeah. And that's the beautiful part. But this is where the faith and the trust in him comes into play. And that is what will inspire your kids to go, well, what are my parents? My parents have this faith that, that, wow. Yeah. Right? That's why he says have faith like a child. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm always encouraged and challenged by that because here we think about all these different theological things and we think we try to think so deeply on things. And then I'm reminded by my own kids over and over again, have faith like a child. Yeah. And and 
but that's the thing though. Kids do have this, they are very easily to believe things, which is why you can't just expose your kids to everything Mm -hmm. because they're so impressionable. And it says God's word proclaims that it is the literal only truth and the only way to God the Father. So if you're exposing your kids to all these other things, guess what? Those are all false gods, potentially idols that you're young child that's not been equipped and not had the salt poured into them, then they've got to discern that. Yeah. We recently, we recently interviewed Ken Ham from answers in Genesis and the Ark encounter Mm -hmm. CEO and founder. And you got to go listen to that because it talks more about this, the salt and pouring salt in your kids so they can be salty. And Mm -hmm. anyways, you got to go listen to that. It's super good. Uh, powerful interview and they'll help you. I want to take a moment and give you something for free. If you haven't got it already is the date night one sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to courageousparenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, also you can get all of our show notes and everything at courageousparenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the parenting mentor program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, it's the six week self-paced program, uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at courageousparenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. So let's go into uh, our next point, which is what are symptoms of a control-driven parent? Okay, so there's a whole lot. We were when we first started doing this. Okay, in the last podcast, we we mentioned to you a challenge, and I hope that you remember what that challenge was, which is when we go over this, you can think of this in two ways: what are the symptoms or the what you see in control-driven parents? But guys, also you want to think about the children. Do mm. you observe kids when you go to churches? Do do you, do you observe? your kids' friends. Do you observe things and then go, hmm, that's a, that's a symptom of this. That's a symptom of that. Like, do you think that way? Because that is a a type of discernment that God actually calls us to. And it gives us insight, compassion, ability to relate, empathy, compassion, all of these things, long suffering, patience, kindness, gentleness. If we living with one another and understanding, those things can't happen unless you start doing 
some discerning, mm-hmm. right? And we need to teach our kids how to do discerning so that they're then making good choices and yeah. good peers, right? Yeah. Um, but the reality is that there there are a lot of symptoms of kids that have been controlled by their parents, and one of them would be living a double life. Yeah. Lots of kids are living double lives out there. And what a tumultuous thing to have to be someone mm-hmm. you're not you aren't fully in front of the people you love the most Mm -hmm. because of the pressure to conform to be a certain way, but their heart is far from it. And you might have little kids right now, but you don't want that to happen to your kids. So a lot of things we're teaching when you have young kids, you do them while you have young kids so that when they're in their teenage years, you love the teenagers. By the way, we absolutely love the teenage years. We have almost five teenagers and uh i mean our 12 year old is you know he's, mature he's enough to yeah. be a teenager yeah. people would consider and him, and um it is it is awesome mm-hmm. it is really cool we do all kinds of things with the teenagers they're doing all kinds of interesting things independently and uh together as a team too and they have their own friends and it's mm-hmm. cool you know there's so when we're going through this list think about these things um sometimes controlling parents also have double lives it's not just oh, the kids. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Because the reality is, is maybe they act a different way at work yep. than they do at church. Yeah. And maybe they're not just double. Maybe they got triple lives, right? Yeah. Where there's their buddies, their home life, their church life. Work. Oh, that's like four different lives. And this is the thing. Kids are more receptive and discerning than you think they are. And they see it all. And they would call that a hypocrite. And you know what? Somebody's kids is evidence of the real life of the parents, actually. So one thing that I've always said is the human nature, human nature is interesting. When you you study psychology and you study human nature, don't most people actually have this thing inside them that cares what other people think to Mm, a certain degree? I would say so, yeah. yeah. So when you get into places where you see kids purposefully being disrespectful or disobedient or things like that, what I think to myself is if they're okay doing this in front of other people, then it must be much worse at home in reality. Yeah. That's just the reality mm-hmm. of life. Mm-hmm. And it same goes for how parents react or act. Do you Mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? And so that's what, like, for me, it breaks my heart when I see an adult being harsh with their kids, like in the grocery store, and they're, like, down, and they're, like, embarrassing them. Imagine how much worse it is at home for that child. Or a kid's disrespectful to their parents in public. It's It's way worse. so much worse. Yeah. Um, Unless, I mean, there are some situations where kids think it's cool to be disrespectful, and so then they're, like, peer pressured into, I I want those kids to see me doing this to my mom. Like, there is some of that. Like, I've seen it in the public school, like, with sports and stuff, potentially. Um, But the reality is that there's double lives. Yeah. On both sides. And so control-based parents... Uh, will oftentimes have double lives because what they're doing in the home, they wouldn't want anybody else to see or what they're doing. They wouldn't want church people to see what they're doing at work or whatever. If it's a lack of relationship driven parenting, then there's, Mm -hmm. you know, potentially a challenge uh, with uh, other relationships too. So let's talk Mm -hmm. about symptoms of control driven parenting. So uh, they may not, your kids may not tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a repercussion. Uh, the symptoms that there's a problem. And the kids may be scared of their parents. 
Um, it's, I've also noticed this before, just, it's interesting as you, as you get older. I remember when I was a young parent, I was more concerned with what other people were seeing in me and my kids a little too much as a people pleaser. I don't know if you can relate to that. Um, but then as I, as I've gotten older and more confident as a Christian mom and walking in the ways of the Lord, I've cared less what other people think. And it's more about just doing what's right. Mm -hmm. And it's just doing life. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, but I also find that I'm more observant to people around me and, and when people are caring too much and when people are not, and when they're walking confidently and when they're not and all these things. And one of the things that I've noticed sometimes is when a mom will look at her kids a certain way or move a certain way and the kid flinches. Mm. That just breaks my heart because I I actually see it more with like dads mm -hmm. and, and the kids like in sport events and things like that where yeah. like a kid will, and it's over dumb stuff. I've noticed it like you missed that goal and the dad's the coach and he looks at the kid it, like they're in a huddle and the kid like kind of shudders when he shouldn't have a reason to, to yeah, shudder. Sure. So control-based parenting or, or harsh parenting, you will see kids be fearful and they'll have different um, physiological symptoms, body language symptoms. But then there's the part of the parents where they're actually so controlling because they're fear-based parents. Yeah. They're fearful. Yeah. Because so there's a lack of trust in God and a lack of trust in their kids. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it could be warranted if they haven't parented them well, mm -hmm. but you're exasperating the problem by continuing down a highly control-driven approach. So I just want to share from 2 Timothy. Now, this is uh, obviously we've read from 2 Timothy a lot about all kinds of things regarding the church meeting, elders, all kinds of mm -hmm. things. But you guys, chapter 2, verse 24, this I, I believe that this is also for parents because I have been um, encouraged by this, and I hope you are too. It says, and a servant of the Lord must. Are you a servant of the Lord? I would say that we all as mm -hmm. parents would say, I'm, I want to be a servant of the Lord. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all. Is Does that say gentle to all except your children? No, it says gentle to all, able to teach, patient in mm. humility, correcting those who are in opposition. And then it goes on. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Some parents need to hear that right now mm -hmm. because some parents need, they're praying for their kids to come to their senses. They're praying for their kids to be repentant. Mm -hmm. They're praying for them to know the truth. What, what does it say first? It says that the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle, able to teach patient and humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps, and then he's in control. Yeah. Like you do your part and you give the rest to God because it's him. Mm -hmm. If God, if God perhaps will grant them repentance. Yeah. Because that's the work that he does in their heart. You can't transform your kid's heart, but you can do what you're called to do first. Amen. So other symptoms are the why is missing. Mm -hmm. So they're asking their kids to do things. They're telling them, they're directing them, but they're not being, spending the time to tell them the why behind things. And kids are inquisitive. Mm -hmm. They're fresh, uh, 
in the world, you know, depending on how old they are, of course, but fresher than you and they have less experiences than you. <laughs> and so they're learning, the they're trying, they're trying to understand they're, they're wanting yeah. to know why. And don't you want your kids to do things because they know why it's good for them or why it's dangerous, uh, if they don't do it, uh, why it's best, why it has wisdom, why the Bible backs it up, these different things, you know, don't you want that from them? I think that's super important. Colossians 3, uh, 21 says, fathers, do not provoke your children unless they become discouraged. Such an important thing. Do we exasperate our kids? Do we provoke our kids? Um, and I think, you know, just directing, if there's too much of that, uh, I do think that's it, provoking your kids. So or we yelling have to be at them. Or, I mean, we've gone over this in other podcasts um, more in depth on all the different ways that parents can pr- potentially provoke their children. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, is a, a, a controlling parent is provoking their child. Mm-hmm. I mean, the two just kind of go hand in hand when you really think about it deep down. It's an authority for authorities sake it's like do what i said why because i'm your parent because i said so um these things versus if you know, love by me, the way you will if obey you me. if yeah. you make a mistake and you, you say mm-hmm. that and you, you're impatient that happens to parents i don't want people listening and and leaving with guilt mm-hmm. it's is if this is a consistent way of being then you should correct something there's something there perhaps yeah. maybe that conviction is good uh, we all make mistakes. I just want to say that nobody's perfect. There's no per- perfect parents allowed in uh, courageous parenting um, <laughs> because it's not possible. Yeah, that's true. You can go listen to that podcast too. Um, part of being a courageous parent is being honest about your mistakes because uh, we know we have them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, y- your kids, another symptom is they don't want to be together. They don't want to be around their siblings as they get older. They don't want to come back for holidays. They don't, they don't want to be, they don't have a vision of being part of mm-hmm. Because they have a little bit of disgust uh, for uh, being so controlled. Another verse that often goes along with the Colossians 3.21 is Ephesians 6.4 that says, And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And so again, this is just another reminder that you as a parent have to do what God has called you to do. But that goes in... God also calls you to be that loving, patient, long-suffering, gentle, kind parent that's correcting, um, not provoking your children to wrath. Wrath would be anger, right? And so in all your ways, you're bringing them up, you're training them in the admonition of the Lord, but you don't provoke them in what, how you do it. Now, if you haven't listened to the part one yet, again, we're not saying be weak parents we're not mm-hmm. saying just be friends with your kids no uh you are the parent mm-hmm. and you are the authority god-given authority in their lives they should respect and listen to you but we're more talking about the intent behind and a relational mm-hmm. approach to your discipline a relational approach to your correction a relational approach to the positive times in your life and to when you want them to do something mm-hmm. uh chore or something like that what is the relational approach versus a control approach also it's relationship with christ trusting your kids trusting god and not being too micromanaging of everything i would say that you know when i think about micromanaging or helicopter parents we've talked about this before as well a lot of what we need to do if we are that way as a parent is we need to go why why do i have such a strong desire for control it could just be that you just love your kids yeah i get it 
You don't want them to get hurt. But then there's also this aspect of, have I made an idol out of control? And is this a reflection of me not fully trusting God? Mm -hmm. Right? Now, that doesn't mean that no rules means that you really trust God. That's not what we're saying. We are not saying, hey, I'm putting my kids in public school. I, I trust God more than you. Right? Like, that's not... That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm saying is if you have an obsession with control, because there are some parents that struggle with OCD, Mm -hmm. there is a need for you to be introspective and honest and go, is this because I'm not trusting God? And I I think I have control because control is actually a facade Mm -hmm. in a lot of regards. um, And I need a real good reality check in the word of God. Um, cause that's something that we all need to reflect on. As yeah. So, and that is the next point, which is to reflect, uh, reflect on your childhood is mm-hmm. part of how you mm-hmm. were treated or that may, you know, things that happened to you coming forward. And I don't know about you, but as good mm-hmm. or as bad or whatever your childhood was, um, I wanted to lead an even better experience, uh, for my kids. Um, and, yeah. and I just think that we should all desire that. I hope our kids desire that, that they want to lead an even better experience for their kids because we're learning. They're learning from us. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't they stand on our shoulders? Shouldn't we stand on our parents' shoulders? Mm -hmm. Uh, Or even in some of your cases, a lack of any shoulders to stand on. That could be true for you too. So, and then Mm -hmm. reflect on a date night and ask Mm -hmm. each other uh, some hard questions and some fun questions too about this. Second Peter three verse nine says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness. Okay. But is long suffering. He is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. And we need to, to read that first for ourselves as parents, but then secondly, we need to teach it to our kids and we need to remember that we are called to be long-suffering just as God, our Father, is long-suffering with us. Um, I think that there is an aspect of relationship-driven parenting that that I would I would characterize long-suffering as more well, totally. relationship-driven because you're, um, you're sticking to your guns, He's not being slack. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Okay. So you're not being slack as a parent. Yeah. As someone counts slackness. That's what the, you know, but you are long suffering. You're patient. You're kind. You're gentle in the way that you're correcting your kids. And, and I, we actually looked up the definition of long suffering. It says, Mm. um, having or showing, having or showing patience in spite of troubles especially those caused by other people and how many times have we felt like you know maybe our kids do something that throws off our agenda mm-hmm. right maybe we take that a little too personally yeah and we um correct or we have we we have them go to the corner or we put them in timeout or whatever you're doing and maybe you lose your temper and it's because you took that offense mm-hmm. too personally. Yeah. Um, and the reality is that real love, relational driven parenting is going to show patience in spite of those troubles. Um, 
and and oftentimes, you know, as your kids get older, there may be really long periods of trial. And you know, there's a lot of parents that we talk to that have that. And we might want to model long suffering for our kids. So Mm -hmm. when we're super old and they're taking Mm -hmm. care of us, they have long suffering for Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. We have a couple other verses that we want to just encourage you guys with. Um, the first one is Galatians chapter 5, 16 and 17. 16 and 17. Awesome. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things mm-hmm. that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If we're not walking in the Spirit... Um, the flesh is getting a hold of us. We're going to do what we want to do. We're going to go against that. And be more controlling. More controlling. (laughs) And and so, you know, are you walking in spirit Mm -hmm. as a parent? And do you do that? And you know what? If you're like me, I have to remind myself. I have to, or be prompt, allow the spirit to prompt me, meaning pay attention Mm -hmm. and pray in the beginning of the day multiple times Mm -hmm. uh, to stay walking in the spirit some days. I mean, my flesh gets a hold of me. I get frustrated. Mm -hmm. I think the wrong things in my head sometimes. Does that happen to you? So we've got to rely on the Holy Spirit to convict us to, you know, in terms of relationships, not be so controlling, but be loving. Mm-hmm. And you know what, guys, we're in this the trenches with you. And there are times where we have to have conversations with our kids and we have to say, hey, I was wrong and I shouldn't have talked to you like that or I shouldn't have assumed that of you. I wasn't there for the whole situation or whatever. I mean, I know that I've mediated disagreements, Mm -hmm. if you will, between siblings in our family. And I have had to, and I've made wrong assumptions based upon reputations that my kids have in my mind from years of just how they've handled conflict, right? And I'll make an assumption and then I've been wrong. And I've had to say, I'm really sorry that I assumed that of you. Good job. Yeah. And I've had to turn it around. And so I'm, I'm sharing that with you right now because long-suffering, there's an aspect of long-suffering that I, I believe has to do with this element of letting your kids grow up and change also. Mm-hmm. Where you're being patient with them enough that they can actually be transformed by the Word of God like we're teaching them they can. Yeah. And if we're teaching them that they can be a new creation and then we're just assuming that they're the old them or we're always viewing them as the little kid and not letting them grow up, there's going to be a big problem in our relationship with them when they're older. Yeah. And um, We have a skewed view. And uh, they're actually more mature and older inside than we might be allowing them Them to to be. be. So we have to have our eyes open. We have to constantly be checking in with our spouse and and giving each other the intel and the observations and and be willing even when another kid in your family says, hey, mom, he didn't do that. That's Mm. that was my case Mm. where I had to do that. Um, But we're going to end on this verse, which is. Ephesians chapter four, verse one and two, it says, I therefore, as a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Amen. You were called to be a parent. You're a parent. Walk worthy of that calling which you were called with lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Now, remembering what we talked about about peace in the first episode and then the other podcast where true peace, peace and righteousness kiss. You never are going to sacrifice one 
in hopes of getting the other. The two go together. So you have to be willing to correct and you have to be willing to speak truth in love to help your kids to come to reconciliation in Christ because otherwise they can't have true peace. So go back and listen to Standing for Truth and Blessed Be the Peacemakers mm-hmm. uh, with Dr. Steve Crane. The interview we did is so, yeah. so good. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope this two-part series was helpful to you and please mm-hmm. share it. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.